Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Staying in flow is using those strengths coupled with bringing value to the world, right? Are you using things that you feel good about? You know, I like to innovate and create and inspire. So I want to cross that with actually creating value for the world. Hey, it's David, and you're listening to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul, your source for practical leadership inspiration, tools, and strategies you can use to achieve transformational results without sacrificing your humanity or your mind in the process. Hey there, welcome to the show today. So glad that you could join us. Uh, here well into season 11 already of Leadership Without Losing Your Soul. You've made us one of the top leadership podcasts in the world. So glad for grateful for your support and most importantly, using everything that you learn and taking those steps forward. Uh, and again, invite you to uh, give those four or five star reviews on your favorite podcasting service. Leave a comment if you can. Share the show with the leaders and managers in your life. And uh, we've been talking about tomorrow together throughout this season. So if you haven't got a copy, love to have you pick up and let me know what you think there. All right, delighted to introduce you to our guest today. Keith Smith is the CEO of Vonco Products, a contract manufacturer of medical device, fluid bags, and flexible packaging. And in addition to leading that company, he's, he's an entrepreneur, investor, and a leader on a social mission to share his experience and help businesses and people attain the confidence they need to make a difference. And if you think about a world of constant change and intersecting priorities, political upheaval, uncertain job prospects, volatile relationships, a pandemic that we're still dealing with after several years, Keith's on a mission to help people who want to live a more empowered life, cultivate innovation, overcome fear, and become a more effective leader. So, Keith, you're in the right place. Welcome to Leadership Without Losing Your Soul. Well, thanks for having me, David. I really appreciate uh, the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, uh, Keith, you have this, this tagline. It's more than a tagline. It's, uh, it's your purpose. It's your mission. It's your website cultivating infectious energy. And I love that uh, title, that way of looking at leadership. And uh, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to start taking us down that, that journey. But before that, I'd, I want to ask you if you could take us back as far back as you want to go to your earliest memory of yourself as a leader. Hmm, great question. Um, yeah. As, as I think about it, there was snippets of uh, leadership uh, that people uh, talked about with me growing up, whether it was my parents and how uh, I was the oldest of uh, six and how I would lead the family to uh, some of my friends, parents talking about, uh, you know, that, you know, Keith seems to be the leader of this group and, uh, you know, in an informal way, um, was always trying to push uh, and lead uh, my friends to play more and more sports and be very uh, active and uh, I would say also even just uh, early on in business, I started working at 16 through high school and I was already informally starting to 
come up with continuous improvement and, and some, some ideas of, again, informally leading, but it, none of that really dawned on me. None of it really dawned on me. So it, when you, when you look at things in, in retrospect, you're saying, okay, uh, and there's always that debate is are leaders born or are they made? Uh, you know, I think it's a, a little bit of both. And uh, there was, there was that DNA certainly ran through me, but it was really when I started to say, uh, I got some recognition for it uh, was when I was 22 and I was working before I'm married, before kids, I got recognized as being a leader. Uh, I was actually promoted to what was called a lead man. Uh, these are jobs that we, I typically saw 45, 50 year old people with 20 years of experience in, in the industry getting these, these positions. And in mm -hmm. fact, I was, I was turned down, but said I was the number two uh, person in, in this, uh, running and the other person backed out of it and, and, and I received the job. But I, I, I remember that day was, uh, actually believing that, uh, I had leadership qualities about myself mm -hmm. and that made a significant change in how I approached my career from then on out. Wow. Hey, what's striking me there is that, Definitely looking back, you can identify, oh, when I was younger, those moments. And by the way, something we have in common, I am also the oldest of six. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> absolutely. That's fun. That at age 22, when you got that position, that it was somebody else, other leaders or, or people in authority, somebody saying, seeing the leadership ability and potential in you and calling it that and calling it out, this gave you confidence and belief in yourself. There's no doubt. In fact, it's an interesting uh, correlation you draw there because uh, there is uh, in, in my career, I, I did seek validation a lot uh, from that moment on. It's a good thing, but it's also kind of a when you don't balance it. And uh, there's a bit that I write about that, uh, that you, you sacrifice other areas because you're getting that validation. But that validation at that time in my life was really important to me and uh, really jumped on that. And I wonder as leaders, just as you bring that up, how many times can we as leaders provide that validation and see something in somebody else that maybe they're not fully aware of in themselves if we're looking for it? Yeah, all the time uh, looking at other people, right? There's so many strengths um, that uh, people people have that they aren't aware of. In fact, you know, we, we go through a system um, at, at Vonco, you know, my, my company, uh, to identify people's strengths, right? Let's focus on those strengths and, and stop worrying so much about your weaknesses and really capitalize on those strengths. So a, a, a book that you're probably familiar with is Strengths Finder. So that's a great way to do so and have those open, frank uh, dialogue about what are you really bringing to the, to the table. And when you recognize that uh, for, for some people, it is, it's eye-opening. It's life-changing as it was for me. Absolutely. Uh, that principle at our belief in other people can be become their confidence in themselves and to really bring out those strengths. And yes, that is strength finder is a fantastic resource and, you know, dedicated to that principle that if you, if you need somebody to climb a tree, don't hire a fish. And if you need somebody to swim, don't hire a squirrel, you know, they, neither one of those is suited for their strength, but let's, let's tap into actual strengths. All right. Well, so let's continue this journey a little bit, uh, uh, Keith, because getting to know you a little bit online and so on, you share some of your journey that led ultimately to cultivating infectious energy. And 
it was times where you were not having the energy that you wanted and, and things were maybe not going that direction. So can you tell us a little bit about your journey and, and what got you to the starting point of what, where you are today? Yeah, well, we can we can leap off of uh, that uh, lead man position. I, you know, I got very focused on uh, becoming a, a good leader, uh, very much so from the mind, let's call it. Uh, so I did a lot of studying, did a lot of reading, um, finished my engineering degree at that point and, and got an MBA uh, as I wanted to uh, take on more leadership uh, res- uh, responsibility uh have my own operations, uh, ultimately own my own business someday like I do today. And so, you know, I, I poured into myself to do that. And uh, I would say I was very energetic about that portion of my life. And one of the books that uh, I had read, read was uh, Jack Welch's uh, biography, uh, Straight from the Gut. And, and uh, you know, he had his four E's and, the, and two of them are, are energy and energize. And so that probably my mid twenties, uh, right around my MBA, uh, was something that really stuck with me. Um, and it started with having your own energy. However, it was a little bit, uh, focused, only focused, singularly focused on, on my career. And so that's where all my energy went. And yes, there was rela- relationships. I got married at that point. I had three kids. Um, and I, uh, I, ha- I had, uh, priorities in other areas, uh, but they were always after uh, business. Uh, the career came first. And, and, and if I can only achieve what I want to achieve in, in my own career, uh, I'll be able to find the time to work on my health, to work on my relationships, to, to, to develop myself in other areas uh, outside of, uh, of, of business and career and engineering. Uh, so, so anyway, uh, life goes on and uh, something's going with that type of unbalanced approach, something's going to break. And, you know, whether it's your health, whether it's your business or whether it's your relationships, uh, something breaks when you don't have that balance. And it was my relationship. So I ended up uh, a few years back getting separated and then ultimately divorced. And that's really where I, I took a look at, you know, it is about energy. You know, where did I put all of my energy? Uh um, but I didn't come to these other areas that are important in my lo- life with the right energy. And that was, I've known this all along, but uh, didn't apply it anywhere else but uh, business. And as I did that, right, there's a more authenticity that comes out of that. And for the first time, really for me, uh, th- I felt that I uh, connected in business more from a heart standpoint than just trying to be the, the brightest guy around. Right. And so, uh, it was just a, a mindset change to a heart set, uh, approach. And I love that word. It was just, <laughs> it was just that, <laughs> right. that, that, that small yeah. little word there encompasses quite a bit. When you describe the, that moment of realization or epiphany that, that so many of us, I think have, depending on where we're putting that that energy in and what is unbalanced or isn't aligned the way it needs to be. You talk about leaders having it all or wanting it all or all of those key areas of life. And, you know, I'm, a, I'm my wife and I, Karen, uh, we own this, you know, international business uh, leadership consultancy. And uh, so I'm, I'm very familiar with those challenges that I'm curious as you started this journey and I just want to unpack and have you walk us through that word just. Mm-hmm. 
because as you started this journey of learning and figuring out how to show up differently and how to cultivate infectious energy in all of the, the critical areas of your life, where did that journey take you? What are some of the key things that you learned along the way that you can help us with? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you initially, you know, at the, the separation, um, I was looking for the quick fix. How do I, how do I just get this back on track? And then I can get back to the same, uh, um, you know, process that I was on is, is achieving what I want to achieve in my career. And then it, once I do that, uh, everything will be fine. Right. So it's this whole future uh, mindset that I'm just constantly focused five years out, five years out, five years out. There's no, no present. So I actually sought out, you know, a men's group to kind of help, you know, give me that magic bullet. And, uh, uh, it's basically a, a, a life coach, uh, uh with, uh, some networking with other men that are in, uh, relationship issues or having relationship issues. And so, you know, I, as I talked to them, uh, they, you know, they, thought that they might be able to help with a relationship. And that's what was on my mind. So that's what we talked about. But ultimately, they knew that there was something inside me that had to be be worked on. And that, that focus, that path of, uh, you know, I was forcing everything, I want to force this relationship to get back on track, and then force my business to get to the, the point where uh, I want to go uh, force my health uh, through, you know, probably Un, unhealthy short-term bursts uh, to the to the health that I want, and it was it was just became apparent that uh, you know everything was a was a push. I wasn't attracting the the success and outcomes uh, that that I wanted. Right, I, I wasn't it wasn't an attractive way. It was a forceful way. And if, and if I can pause you there for a moment, what does that force? What does that push do to you or do to us when when we're operating out of that? approach yeah uh it's it's <laughs> you you have high expectations of what you have in your in your mind right and and when that doesn't happen that turns into anger fear uh so when you, when you expect something to happen that doesn't and you're trying to force it to happen uh we 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 feel guilty we didn't do the right things we feel shameful all these are what I would call low energy emotions that that start to occur when you have expectations of an outcome and you're trying to force them to happen versus just being and attracting. Uh, it's not that you can't have goals, but uh, you know what we can't do is get uh, uh, off course because uh, those they didn't the outcome wasn't exactly how we expected it to be, and so that that's the area where the shift started to occur for me. Uh, you know, I'd wake up in the morning, I'd grab my phone, I'd start working, brush my way to the office, work as long as I needed to. The work's always there, so it never ended. And then, you know, I didn't have the energy to deal with anything else that the curveballs that might've come my way that day. And when I flipped it around and said, I'm going to focus on myself. The first thing I get out of the morning, I'm not touching my phone. I'm going to go do my workout. I'm, uh, I'm going to work on my health. I'm going to, um, uh, pour into myself more, uh, just, uh, um, self-improvement, um, processes, blogs, podcasts, your podcasts, those types of things just to, to start my day. So for the first two and a half hours, right, I'm pouring into myself. So before I even get into work now, it's, uh, you know, I've filled my cup, I've energized myself, uh, so that I can pour into 
others. And, uh, you know, from a relationship standpoint, right, I have little cues and things like that, that I do to make sure that I don't uh, skip out on my relationships. I'll, I'll actually block my calendar and say, I'm going to focus on a certain person that's really important to me. And, uh, you know, there's all types of little things that I'll do. Maybe it's buying them something. Maybe it's just simply a phone call. Uh, maybe it's setting up a date night. Maybe it's, uh, uh, you know, setting up a time uh, to be the CFO. I call myself now the chief fun officer with my kids uh, and set time up with them. And so, uh, you know, those little things that I changed, it, it, it's not that I'm spending a lot less time at work, but it's where I prioritize work. I'm finding that I, if I put these other things first, I am way more energized uh, to be much more productive and effective and um, impactful and inspiring to my, my team at work. And so what I hear you saying is doing those, when we look at the, the whole panorama of our life, we've got our relationships, we've got our own health, we've got the work that we're doing uh, and, and all of these areas, and that you're finding ways to prioritize the things that can easily get overrun, your own health, your relationships, blocking those out, investing in them consciously first, and then the work, you can fill in the rest. That's never, like you said, it's never going anywhere. There's always more of it. And you're the CEO. So I know, I, I guarantee there are some of the CEOs listening here going, yeah, okay, and gosh, I've got a lot of demands. But even more so are some of the, let's say, middle-level leaders or even frontline leaders who are listening going, okay, but you're the CEO, you can do that. You run the company. How do I do that? And I'm curious, you must have these conversations with your team members and your leaders throughout your company and how you might help people listening who have that question approach that prioritization. Yeah, it, it's a great, it's, it is a great conversation. I love to have here at work, uh, you know, I do a little bit of coaching on the side. And so it, it is, and it, you know, when you have a young family, you're, you're somewhat early on in your career, you know, there's no doubt that I had to grind it out. I, 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 I had to grind out a lot of, a lot of hours to, to learn what I needed to learn and have the experiences that I, that I, uh, I, I needed, but I, you know, in retrospect, uh, I'm going to say I'm thankful for all these things because it's brought me exactly to where I am, but it is somewhat of my goal for people to potentially learn as much as they can uh, from me and from some of the mistakes I've made uh, to, um, to uh, eliminate that. But I, I would, I would say that, you know, I, I think that you are a lot more productive when you don't have these open loops. And so even though I was unconscious of, let's say the way that I was deprioritizing relationships there, to me, there was always this nagging feeling that I didn't spend enough time there. Right. And so if, if I were just to simply change these priorities around, um, you know, I think that those open loops start to close. And so I, I'm big on this, right? But the more open loops you have going on at while you're trying to work, the less productive you you are, right? So let's so, let's just take a moment and define yeah. what you mean by open loop. I, I heard you say about that nagging feeling, but what is an yeah. open loop? So an open loop is something that you feel you you know that needs to be done, and it's probably procrastination. Let's call it. You know it needs to be done, and it, it you haven't closed that action item out, and. And so your relationship can fall in that, you know, you could start feeling guilty and shameful about not working on your health. Your pants aren't fitting you quite right anymore. And you're like, oh, I should do something about this. I should eat better. I should do, 
so, you know, uh, you know, uh, I can tell my wife is feeling a little, uh, uh, anxious that I'm not spending enough time with, I mean, all those start to open these loops, uh, in your mind that you need to, and, and subconsciously for me, uh, for a long time, uh, that I need to address those. And when you're working under those circumstances, you, whether you want to believe it or not, it's, it's subconsciously there and it's an open loop. So it's, it, for me, what it allows me to do is basically shed these low energy emotions. I don't have guilt that I haven't spent enough time with my kids. I don't, I'm not guilty that I, I don't feel guilty or shameful that I'm not doing my workouts. Um, uh, cause I get up first thing in the morning and do it. So I, so I guess what I would try to talk to a middle level manager, what's the opportunity cost of keeping these open loops and you're not able to be as productive, uh, when you're having, when you deal with that. So reprioritizing allows you to be very focused in those seven, eight hours of a business day. Um, uh, and you'll, you'll get your work done in a more efficient manner. Because you do need to grind out. You do need to have focus early on in your career, probably to at least my, my own opinion, um, to, 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 to create experiences, right? That's, that's the key is to find the ability to create the experiences as quickly as you can so that uh, you can be way more effective um, as a leader. All right. And you just, and so, and we also tend to have more energy in our twenties too, to grind yeah. with. So there is some of that yeah. aspect as well. You know, I, I'm, I'm curious, you just said something that I uh, don't want to let pass, which is you said in that seven or eight hours when you're, you're at work and you're focused on the work to be as effective as you can. And I know a lot of people are once again, going to be listening, going, ha, seven or eight hours. Isn't that nice? Hmm. Which means what I'm hearing there is that you have a real focus around that and for your organization. And I'm curious if you have an approach or way of thinking or what you do at Vonco or as a leader to help work, not expand to be 10 or 12 hours a day, which it can so easily become, uh, particularly when you're owning a business, but for every level of organizations, yeah. this is probably the number one issue that, that we hear from leaders at just about every level is, so much to do, not enough time to do it. And it expands to fill every crack. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, so I, I'm, I'm definitely, the culture here is definitely not our counters. Um, you know, and so it's, it's, you know, here's the task and, and how much can we handle? Right. And so the, the, uh, one of the big areas that we try to focus on to, to manage that, and we're not perfect. Uh, there, there, there's plenty, uh, there's plenty of uh, things that we we just have to get to, and you're not getting that done in, in the seven to eight hours. And just like probably everybody else that's listening here, uh, but we do appreciate that balance. And so it's saying no, right? It, that's one of the hardest things uh, I think, uh, especially growing businesses, especially the entrepreneurs. Is uh, you know we've been at it for a while, so we're we're well past break even. But you know these startup entrepreneurs, man, it's hard to say no when you're, you're not at break even yet, right? You're, you're, how can I help? Right. What can I do? Right. And staying core to what value you really bring and saying no to certain things that will distract you from that core is a discipline. I think that you, you have to constantly ask, are we doing what's core to the value we bring to the world? Right. Mm -hmm. And asking that question on a routine basis and, what one initiative, you know, we just did this, we do it every quarter, just did this yesterday. 
what we have six pillars. What's one initiative in each pillar that needs to get done this quarter, right? And so we'll brainstorm a bunch. You know, if we don't get all these done, but one, which is the one we we need to get done, right? And say and stay focused on the vital few. Um, it's not a perfect science, but it's that's 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 how we roll with it to try to make sure that we're energized about it. And that's the key too, you know, staying in flow. <laughs> and so staying in flow is using those strengths coupled with what, with bringing value to the world, right? Are you using things that are, that you feel good about? You know, I like to innovate and create and inspire. So I want to cross that with actually creating value for the world. And when I create that intersection, it, I call it flow. It, it seems effortless. So getting into flow and being very focused on around here, we call those the MITs, the most important thing. Uh, so our, our listeners are familiar with that, that phrase, but it sounds like you've got very committed, disciplined focus quarterly, you said, on your MITs of what's most important. We're staying focused on that. You know, and, and being clear, you said something about being clear about the value that you're bringing to the world. And I, I, I think that that is... As I'm hearing you talk, that's something that we can do regardless of if you're the business owner, yes, absolutely as an entrepreneur, sure. And as a leader at any level, that's a question you can ask yourself and is what you're doing and how you're doing it and what you're saying yes to adding that value, both for you as a human being, which provides energy, but then also within the business, are, how are you adding value in the core areas that you're responsible for? and being able to recognize when that's not the case so that you can say no to some of those things, some of those requests, or maybe it's not just a hard, hey, no, and putting a hand up, but it's a, hey, how can we address this in a way that's actually going to achieve what it is you wanna get done if you're talking to a supervisor? Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great point. And that's that's exactly it. I, I think about that in our positions uh, all the time. I think we have to recognize as, uh, let's call it a leadership team, what the value of that position brings and remind the, the person in that position why it's so important, right? So that's the, that's the purpose, but also cross-reference that with the strategic destination of the company. And hopefully those are relatively aligned, but I think sitting in that position and I sat in all those positions along the corporate ladder and, and understand that you know, I, I can get into flow when, when I believe in the purpose of the value that I bring for that position and, and then ultimately what value that brings to the world. All right. So let's get our alignment and alignment with strengths and alignment with the value we're adding, getting into flow, which starts to get us more into this notion of infectious energy. And there are, uh, you talk about energy in a number of different angles and uh, there are four different kinds of energy. So let's start there and unpack those sure. for us a little bit. Yeah. A recent blog that I put out is uh, really uh, in, in the physical energy. Um, you got mental energy, you've got emotional energy. I've referred to some of this already and then spiritual energy. Uh, I'll, I'll call it uh, the physical energy is, is, is just that, right. It's, it's, how are you eating? You know, how are you working out? How are you resting? Right. And that's a big thing too, right. So, um, you know, a lot of CEOs that I network with, they, they just don't get good sleep. Even if they try to get their seven hours or six, everybody's a little bit different on how much they need, but, uh, you know, 
they don't sleep uh, well. There, there's too much anxiety. There's too much worry. There's you're worrying about your employees. You're worrying about co- you, you talked about all the uncertainty, right? And so then you, you're starting your day. Uh, you're not working out because I need to get that extra hour of sleep, right? So now you don't have the physical energy and and you feel drained. Well, maybe if I just eat uh, uh, some sugar here, uh, you know, and that'll, that'll boost me up or o- overdo it on caffeine, right? And so it's just a vicious circle that starts to sap your energy on that physical side. And, you know, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't sleep well for a long time. <laughs> and until I started saying, I, I'm going to wake up at five 30 and I'm going to get my workout in and stay disciplined to that, that, that seemed to change everything for me because then I, then I didn't want to eat poorly. I already put an hour in on my, my fitness. I don't want to eat poorly. Uh, and then I was kind of, you know, I, I spent my energy by the end of the day and I, I wanted to go to bed at 10 o'clock, you know? And so, um, and, and I slept. And so it took a while. Uh, um, there was a lot going on personally and uh, at work and COVID was going on through my, through my divorce. But all, after that all uh, kind of settled for me and I came to peace with that, uh, you know, I get, I, I've been in this uh, great cycle for almost three years now and I just feel physically better. Um, so, you know, I, and from the standpoint, some of the motivators that I do, I try to, I, I have a creed that I talk about uh, always physically train for something. And so I've done, uh, I've gotten into triathlon. So that just keeps it out, something out there to say, well, I better do that. Or I'm going to drown, you know, better keep working out. or I'm going to drown. So that those are some little tips that, uh, <laughs> that to, to, to kind of, I'm just laughing because I, I did my first triathlon, uh, uh, last month and, and it will be my last one for a while. <laughs> <Is it okay? laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm working on an ultra for, uh, for this fall, but, uh, the, the swimming part, okay. Yeah, yeah, that gets me. So anyway, okay. So yes, yeah, no, always- I, I start with the running uh, too. So swimming is, is, uh, is the concern, but yeah. So then, then moving over to the uh, let's, let's just call it uh, the, the, the mental um, energy that's getting into, into flow for me, right. It's kind of working in spurts uh, 90 minutes at a time, um, you know, and, and crossing that with, that intersection I talked about. So what are your strengths? What are the things that you're really passionate about? Sometimes it, you might be, I'm passionate about golf. Well, I'm not creating any value for the world, um, by just golfing. Right. So that doesn't serve me. That, that doesn't excite me as much as finding what I'm passionate about and intersecting that with value for the world. And so the more I do that, uh, the more energy I just mentally have to get into a flow state and, and time just flies by while you're working or speaking or, uh, negotiating or, uh, selling, you know, whatever, whatever that case is, uh, when, when I, when that, uh, when that intersects and then, then the emotional energy. And, and this is one where, you know, I had to come to grips with some of these things that the baggage that I just kept carrying on the shame and the guilt and the things that, uh, I wish, uh, you know, would have happened or didn't happen and, and let, let that, uh, let that, uh, some of those, um, emotions go. So there's a lot of things that I did to release those. I, you know, I carried on grudges for a long time, uh, with parents or friends or former bosses. And, and, you know, there was more of this, uh, I'm going to show you, right. But it's, uh, uh, energy versus, kind of, uh, Hey, all those things happen for a good reason. And that kind of rolls into spiritual energy as well. Right. It's that gratitude, um, for everything. Right. And the more I'm grateful for all the things that happen, I open up my heart to connect with others with through more of heartfelt uh, connections than transactional, uh, <laughs> um, relationships. 
And the, the final one is, is uh, scarcity versus abundance, right? That there's plenty of opportunity out there for everybody. Um, you know, and the, when I live in a scarcity mindset, I get, I get what I'm putting in. And the more I kind of invest ahead of the, the opportunities, it, it seems to, to meet me uh, at some point with, with the value that we bring to the world. And when we bring value to the world, we, we experience growth. You know, you said something I think is just so important when you're talking about emotional energy. You you said that with the, the some of those negative energies, fear, shame, guilt, and so on. But one of them was grudges, or I'm trying to prove something to somebody. And and I have known and worked alongside and coached, or or earlier in my career worked for so many leaders who have that as a motivating energy uh, that they're trying to prove something. Like you said earlier at the beginning of the show, I'm, I need that affirmation, right? And they're so hungry for a teacher that never believed them or trying to prove something to their mom or dad or a boss that was negative early in their career. And 30 years later, they're still letting that drive them. And that's not attractive. That's not infectious for other people, is it? It is, it is very forceful, right? I mean, I, because you have a clear expectation of how you want to prove that person wrong. And when that doesn't happen, it starts, it's a, it's a vicious downward cycle because you're now guilty or shameful or angry that it, the outcome didn't come to show them or they didn't care as much as I expected them to care uh, when I did prove them wrong, right? It's, 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 uh, it is, it's ugly energy and, no. it's not, and you use the right word. It's not attractive. And that was, that was a big difference is that somehow I'm going to force success. Success has come a lot easier when I said, we're going to, me and also the company, our culture is going to be, we're going to attract success. And you know when you're when you're talking about that that negative energy and, and that you know when it doesn't work out the way that you hope it will, I think also as you're saying that it can't ever work out the way you hope it will because you're never going to be able to go back to that moment and say here it is, yeah. I'm different than you thought, and so it's an impossible goal that we're chasing if we're <laughs> chasing proving something to somebody. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I, the the motto is uh, exchange. Uh, um, uh, expectations for appreciation. So appreciate everything. So that's, that's where I just, as, as, as I looked at what I expect people to do today or yesterday and tomorrow, if I just appreciate them, right. I'm leading with my heart, right. I appreciate what they bring in. So change your expectations for appreciation. All right. Well, let's, let's get into that a little bit more because we've been talking about some of the, the, the more challenging or negative energies and, and so forth. And you've, you've mentioned this, being attractive. And we're not talking about being uh, physically appealing to someone necessarily. I mean, hey, that's always good. But we're, we're talking about energetically in our leadership, um, being an infectious energy. What do we mean by infectious energy? Yeah. What is that from a yeah. leadership perspective? It, it's it's the, the high energy uh, emotion. It's peace, love, and, and joy, right? You're living your life every day uh, in, a, in a joyous manner, and you're appreciating everybody that's that's around you. And so, uh, back it's it's being grateful for for them and um, and and what uh, strengths they bring to the to the the table. And it's it's literally being okay with yourself and filling your energy cup so that it overflows and energizes others right and that's back to the jack welch I, he never got into all this stuff but that was how he rated his leaders was how much energy do you have and how can you energize others and 
here's the model to energize yourself so that you then are a ball of energy uh, in a positive way, you know, peace, love, and joy with your employee base at your customer base. And it's just way more attractive. People just want to be around somebody that's a lot more peaceful, a lot more joyous and leads with love versus, um, you know, again, transactional, you know, what can you do for me? Right. You, you feel a little dirty when you meet people like that, that it's a very transactional relationship feels manipulative. And it's a great distinction is that when you're talking about infectious energy, you're not necessarily talking about an over the top charismatic personality that's just go, you know, always on in that sense. Uh, and I know that would be exhausting. That's not my personality. Mm -hmm. I don't get the sense that it's your personality. Peace, love and joy. That's the infectious energy. That's right. That, and that's the attractive energy, right? It's, it's, uh, much, it vibrates much higher and people just naturally uh, gravitate towards uh, folks uh, and companies that have that type of energy. So let's get practical here for a moment because I imagine people listening going, yeah, I, I get it, Keith, David, I, I want to live in peace, love and joy and, and show up at work with that every day. And you know, some days it's really hard. Uh, results, the numbers aren't where they need to be, and there's a lot of pressure to get them there. And uh, uh, the environment changed, and oh my goodness, and I'm worried, and now what are we going to do? And, you know, just the realities of life mm -hmm. um, and, and business life. And as those things come along, how do you and your leaders navigate those real-world challenges th living with peace, love, and joy through all of that? Yeah. Again, I think the magic and the secret is, is gratitude. What did we just learn from that? That was a lesson. What did we learn? Uh, how, you know, we need to be adaptable, right? One thing we know is that the, we can't control the macro environment. We, as far as I know, we can't control whether COVID happened or not. It's how are we going to react to that? And that's what, you know, this is a great example. You know, instead of, we obviously had to deal with the safety of our associates uh, is, when that happened. So we dealt with that first, but then there's this rally cry of how can we help? And so, you know, we, we don't make uh, surgical gowns and hospital gowns, but within six weeks, this team said, how can we help uh, with this type of culture, with that type of ambiguity and that type of fear running through the, you know, we launched gowns and, and helped, uh, many hospitals that had all these shortages uh, all over Illinois and Wisconsin. And uh, it was just a great feeling to be able to, uh, and it's kind of a real world example of, of how infectious energy rises to an occasion versus, um, you know, is, is angry or resentful. And so we were grateful we were all healthy and, and what's next? How can we help others that may not be uh, as fortunate? Mm, love that. All right. We're talking with Keith Smith, CEO of Onco Products, uh, entrepreneur, investor, leader, and ambassador, and that's my word, not his, of the cultivation of infectious leadership energy. Uh, Keith, where can we connect with you, find more about you, uh, learn more about this, this cultivating infectious energy? Tell us where to go. Yeah, I love the blog about it. Uh, so all types of little, uh, hopefully useful uh, tr uh, tricks and uh uh, to, to help, uh, you can find it on my website, keysmith.io, uh, LinkedIn page, uh, Keith Smith and, and look up Vonco products, but, uh, those are the two areas and feel free to reach out there. Uh, I love, I love to have the, the dialogue with any of your listeners and, uh, it's been a pleasure. 
All right. I encourage you to, to reach out, connect with Keith that way and continue this journey on uh, this transition of energy, which uh, I certainly am, as much as I learned, I feel like I'm still in that transition and, and loving this conversation for that reason. Keith, I am curious as we uh, wrap up our, our conversation today in this, and I really do think it's a journey, just listening to how you, you talk about it and your own learning and exploration. Is there anything that has surprised you? Uh, realizations or understandings you've come to that, you know, four or five, six years ago, you would have said, no way. Ah, it couldn't possibly be. But today oh, you're like, oh. Yeah. I'm, well, all of it. I mean, I four or five years ago, I, I just, I was very singularly focused and didn't necessarily appreciate what the, all the other uh, facets of life bring to the table. It's a circular process. But I, I would say, you know, as much work as I've done over the last three years, you know, I still have triggers and that's my journey, right? I, you know, I still, I have a 13 year old son and you know, <laughs> he can get at you a little bit from time to time. And, and my goal is, is to, to be unshakable, right? I mean, if, if I don't have expectations uh, and I change all that for appreciation, you know, I don't get, I don't get triggered off of that. And th that's really uh, an area that, that if I think about it, if I tr train myself to do that and, and people around me do that, we can deal with so much ambiguity in life, right? Uh, Cause we're unshakable. And uh, you know, ultimately I think that's what businesses, you know, and, and hopefully your listeners are, are facing, right? We, one day we're doing this and the next day we're doing that. And how do we roll with that and still be successful? Right. So yeah, kind of balancing it out is really what I've learned that uh, is, is kind of a, a secret, not balancing out is kind of a secret uh, energy drain, right? And so having that balance when ambiguity strikes uh, is, is very energizing. And ambiguity strikes, uh, that might be my new garage band, but I also, <laughs> think, I also think it's, uh, that is the state of life. If, if, yeah. if, we, if we didn't realize it before, that is, uh, if, if the last five years have done nothing for us, that is right. part of the world we live in. Yeah, for sure. All right. Keith Smith, CEO of Vonco Products, and uh, we've been talking about cultivating infectious energy. And so listeners, encourage you, uh, take some practical action today. You've got, Keith's given us a number of different things we can do. Start investing in ourselves, prioritizing, filling up our own physical, mental, emotional, spiritual energy so that we've got it to give to others to live in peace and love and joy and let those be attractive forces for the goals for our leadership as opposed to trying to force it to unattainable outcomes anyhow so if we can do all that we are certainly if we can even take a step in that direction on our way to being the leader you'd want your boss to be keith thanks so much for joining us my pleasure all right until next time This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.